Welcome to the Gimme's Podcast. I'm Danny Chaya. And I'm Drew Solomon. This is our third interview for the podcast, and we continue the momentum from the last episode. This man sitting on Zoom with us is the Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Hubble Incorporated, is a resident of Western Florida, and lives in the same neighborhood as myself, is one of the closest equivalents of a second father to me, was the general chairman for the WGC Mexico Championship in Mexico City, was a volunteer coordinator for the 2021 Barbasol Championship, and worked the 2017 President's Cup at Liberty National Golf Club in New Jersey. Hugo Montarubio. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. How are you, Hugo? We really appreciate you doing this for us. We just have a few questions for you today, and we're really looking forward to hearing your thoughts that you can offer to the golf world. Uh, before we get started, uh, maybe give our viewers some background on how you got into the position you are in today and maybe explain yourself to the people who may not know who you are and what your role is within uh, the golf world. Well, it all started about 20, 22 years ago. I was uh, recently moved here into Western and one day my wife says, hey, this is the back in the days when Tiger Woods was like just coming out and he was just big. He was like the most famous player. She says, hey, would you like to get free tickets to go see Tiger Woods at a golf course that was like literally two blocks from my office in Miami that was Trump National Drive? And I said, sure. I mean, how much? Free. So I went there free, met the guy that gave me the tickets and he said, hey, I got tickets for the rest of the week. And I'm like, how do you get free tickets? He said, very easy. You just volunteer. So he got me into volunteering to help organize golf tournaments. Needless to say, I was doing it for the free tickets the first year. And now I've been doing it for 22 years. So at one point in time, I had done pretty much everything that needs to be done behind the scenes that I became an independent contractor. And today I work as an independent contractor with, 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 a, with a company that, that organizes golf tournaments here, mostly uh, uh, organizing the volunteer side aspect of things. I, I put together a couple of slides that I wanted to share because few people know what really goes behind the scene in profession, to make a professional golf tournament happen, right? Awesome. There's a lot of things that go behind scene, and when I say professional golf tournaments, I mean not only the PGA Tour, okay? We work with and do it for PGA Tour, the DP World Tour, for the Corn Ferry Qualifier Tour, the PGA Latin America, the Aramco Team Series. We do it from the ladies side, from the LPGA to the ladies European Tour as well. And we do other events, I mean, they organize with professional athletes. I'm going to speak specifically today about the PGA Tour. And as we know, PGA Tour owns the franchise, if you want to see it like that, right? They have the players, they have the know-how, and they organize the critical elements of a golf tournament, right? They obviously, their number one role is have a tournament. They bring the rules officials. They're the ones that decide, is this going to be a threesome, foursomes, Tino from hole number one or Tino from one and ten? What are the rules? What is the scheduling? They're the ones that decide the official tee times. They're the ones that control the weather alerts. They're the ones that can suspend play, right? If play is suspended, I mean, they're the ones that decide, hey, we're going to finish on a Monday instead of a Sunday, et cetera. They're also the ones that handle the scoring. And currently for PGA Tour and professional sports, this is the number one activity behind the scenes because 
they own the data that goes and it's used for gambling purposes. PGA Tour has a company called Shodling. They're the ones chartered with collecting, selling and distributing the information that is used by, by Vegas and any gambling services. It's called Shodling. They're also responsible for scorecards. PGA Tour also handles key player services like the transportation logistics when we need to charter planes because the tournament happens to be in Mexico. Well, we fly all the players or most of the players in charter flights. They handle security tournaments here domestically and overseas. They handle credentials. When the players travel with their babies, these are kids of millionaires, right? That they don't want to worry about where is my kid? And my, by the way, my wife wants to come and see, the, the, see me play. So we run a daycare, but the staffing of the daycare, it's employees of the PGA Tour. Uh, PGA Tour also runs agronomy. They're the ones that decide where the whole location is going to be. I mean, and if, if, if the course meets the criteria for the event. Yeah. But that's the bulk of what the PGA Tour does. Yeah. Uh, we, sorry to interrupt you, Hugo, but how but, important is shot link and making sure that you get the right score and Vegas make sure they got the right score in and the right line and everything like that? I'm glad. I'm glad you you asked that question. And one of these days, and I'm gonna I'm gonna connect you with people from Shotlink because I think today that is the most important piece of logistics behind the scenes to run a tournament. Let me give you an example. You guys have seen on TV the little blue line when a player hits and you see the yeah. little blue line of the ball yeah, going yeah, out there exactly. and you know the apex, the height, the distance. Everything. That is easy. Everything. Anybody can, I mean, that has been out there for the last 10 years. It's done with something called a trackman. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a Doppler radar. That, but when you're teeing up, you see the ball, you know where the ball is. You know where the, the player is going to hit it. So it's very easy for this device to track it out. What you guys have never seen is the technology that is used on the green. On the green, we use military technology that is used to detect missiles coming in because imagine we have cameras on the green. The camera has to, first of all, spot the ball when it's coming towards the green in the air like a missile and the ball is white over the blue sky is very difficult to track it down. If you get into a shot link, I mean, trailer, they can see when the ball is about to come down when, when they track it. And they that same line that you see, you can see the ball landing into the green. As the ball is rolling in the green, you will see a percentage. That percentage tells you the problem because we know who hit that ball. Maybe Drew hit that ball. It will tell you the percentage of probability that Drew is going to make the next putt, is going to make it in one putt to get it into the hole. That's right? honestly so incredible. That's, that's... When the ball stops, imagine this, when the ball stops rolling, at that moment, that information gets sent to Vegas and people are able to gamble the chances of the player to put it, make it in one pot, two pots or more. Now, when that window of opportunity closes by the time the player gets to the ball, right? So okay. it's a couple of minutes. So that information has to be sent almost in real time. So. Shotlink is currently the bulk and the most expensive piece of operation because to do that, do you think there is good internet in the middle of a golf course? Absolutely no. not. <laughs> there is good cell phone reception there. Absolutely not. They got to build everything. They build their internet network. They build, they bring their lasers, their cameras, everything. Yeah. Do you think that they leave that overnight? 
No, every night they got to pick up the equipment. Every morning you got to bring it out and everything has to be working in real time all the time. That is currently the most expensive proposition for the PGA Tour to run a tournament. Right. Wow. Traveling. That's incredible. Wow. Um, thank you. Thank you for thank explaining you for that. Keep, keep, keep explaining, Hugo. Keep going. So, so this is what the PGA Tour does, I mean, to run the tournament, right? Now, that's just a little piece of it, right? Then the subcontractors come in. And there is a couple of companies in North America. The one that, that, that I work with is one of the largest ones. They organize over 38 events, events a year. I only participate in a couple of them, obviously. Right. There are two areas, okay? Within a tournament, the support or service areas, one of them is known as the tournament operations. Tournament operations are the guys that are responsible for course readiness. That means they're the ones that build it, the buildings that you see out there for hospitalities, for the towers, for the cameras. They're the ones that, that are in charge of fencing the course so that people have to come in through the main entrance. They do the staking and roping. And trust me, guys, that is, that is a very hard, time-consuming uh, job of fencing and staking the course and then doing the crosswalks where the players can, there's gotta be lanes where players access only, and then spectators gotta be outside of the ropes, particularly during the COVID period, that was a very critical, I mean, separation. Nowadays, it's just back to normal. But right. they're the ones that handle the gates, decoration, the parking. They're the ones that, that, that hire or, or, or rent car shuttles, radios, they're the ones that do these signages, the scoreboards, those big TVs, those big scoreboards that you see out there, they build them. Yeah. They're the ones that deal with, with, with vendors. There is no golf course, not a single golf course in, in, in the world that it's built to permanently host an event, a professional golf tournament because of the power consumption. So they got to bring generating plants. They got to bring their own internet just to provide the internet in the course. They right. got to build a TV compound, depending on the size of the event, a President's Cup. You should see the amount of, of TV trailers and TV yeah, towers. No, definitely got to get out there one time. Yeah, got to make that happen. So the tournament operations is what we what we call internally the, the, the guys that get dirty and the guys that have to be strong, right? Right. Then there is the, the tournament services. That is where we are responsible of staffing via contractors for food and beverages to run hospitalities. We're the ones that handle the player and caddy services from logistics in town. Once, once the PGA Tour has brought them into the city, we're the ones that handle their cars. If the tournament happens to have a sponsor that is a car company, Lexus, Cadillac, you name it, Cadillac used to send us here in Miami 120 Cadillac Escalades, top of the line, souped up. Wow. We will receive those. Hey, somebody's got to fill up the tank. Somebody's oh, got to deliver those Cadillacs to the players or the caddies. And hey, there is multiple airports in the metro area. So we will have to deal with the logistics of, of meeting a player at the private airport, delivering the keys. That's the easy part. Picking up the cars was probably the hardest thing because every player wants, if they don't meet the, if they don't make the cut, they leave sometimes angry, right? right. Their, their head is already thinking of the next tournament. They don't care. They just go to their private airport and leave the keys out there. And here we are calling all airports in the, in the metro area trying to find their cars. 
right? We handle communications to players, right? But more importantly, during inside tournament services, we handle something called volunteer services. And that is probably the most important thing I wanted to, to share with you all today. And again, we can do it in multiple sessions, but volunteer mm -hmm. services is a world on its own, right? Why? Because, uh, because the contractors, uh, as contractors were, were, were in charge of recruiting, training, uniforming, providing the tools, and feeding an organization of 200 to 1,200 volunteers, depending on the event. If there's one thing that is the hardest thing to do is managing a volunteer organization, because what are you going to do if the volunteers don't show up? Are you going to dock their pay, fire them? No. They're volunteers, right? Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do it in such a way that you're making the volunteer feel special, and that, and it is because a tournament will never happen without the 200 to 1,200 volunteers that right. come and help us in a tournament, right? Yeah. What are they doing? Those volunteers, they do everything from facility services and actually staffing the shuttles for volunteers for players, distributing every every hall in a golf course in a professional event has a cooler where the players have water gators whatnot somebody's got to bring that and, and keep eyes and keep those i mean stuck right. somebody's got to be dealing with with moving the players where where they make the turn on a on a on a on, on, on a course and the 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 ninth green is so far out from the 10th green you got to transport the player the caddies uh, somebody's got to help evac the course if there's a weather-related stoppage. One of the tournaments that I do annually that is one of my favorite ones, it's in Lexington, Kentucky, called the Barbasil Championship. We mm -hmm. usually have three or four evacs during the tournament where we have to empty the whole course. That means picking up all the players, caddies, and everything, taking them to a shelter location because there's a storm coming, and then deploying them back out. But it's not only that, it's also players. Yeah. We do that with the volunteers. There's many other things that the volunteers do. They do the staffing for the shuttling stations, for the lasers. They do spotters. You know that when the ball goes out of bounds on a fairway, which is rare on a professional, but yeah. sometimes there are, there are conditions, wind, that the ball goes out. Well, the spotters are in charge of finding the ball within 10 seconds of that ball being hit, right? Why? Because if the TV cameras are not able to locate it, this is a person that's got to go find it and put a little flag out there so that the TV can zoom out there into that, into the ball, right? Yes. Walking the scorers, the little score that is shown on the TV at the bottom of the TV on every event has to be fed by somebody in real time, right? Yeah. So the walking scorers walk with a little handheld device where they're keeping score. Yeah, the, the official scorecard is kept by the by the player. That's the one that they sign that is the official. But the walking scorer walks with the player into the scoring office, and they got to compare. Those numbers have to match whatever the player delivers with what the with walking scorer, I mean, has on their hand. Right. Standard bearers are the guys that, that walk with the little sign that you see on TV sometimes. That only happens with marquee, marquee uh, uh, groupings. We do hall marshalling. Those are the guys with the quiet signs, mm -hmm. keeping, keeping the noise, keeping the crowds. Hospitality services is just the staffing of the hospitality venues, keeping the, the noise, keeping the VIP areas. We are the ones uh, that, that handle out maps, 
uh, brochures, I mean, pairing sheets, yeah. uh, player services. Uh, volunteers are the ones that actually register players as they arrive to the clubhouse, caddies. Honorary service are a group of, of special VIP people that are allowed to walk inside the ropes with special players, right? Right. Usually sponsors are the ones that bring special guests and customers to the honorary service. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, we also run the volunteer services, the actual uniform distribution, the actual headquarters where we feed people and, and the communications. At yeah. the end of the day, yeah, by the time a champion is championed and he gets a trophy, there has been hundreds and hundreds of people from contractors and volunteers that make it look nice on TV. What we always say, no matter where the golf tournament is in Mexico, in Florida, in New York, in Arizona, or anywhere, it always looks the same on TV. It looks nice. Yeah, no. Every time it shows on TV, there is hundreds of man hours put into making that happen. Yeah. So that's what we do. I've been doing it for 22 years. I enjoy it dearly. Again, I normally do a couple of tournaments a year. I mean, I do the one in Mexico. I do the one in, in Kentucky. Uh, I've, I've done a couple in New York. Uh, there's, as you know, there's the majors. After the majors, there's the WGCs, which, I mean, they're being phased out. There's only one last WGC, which is the match match play in a, a Dell match play in Texas, in Austin. Right. But those WGCs had the biggest purse after the majors. And after that, chose a regular PGA Tour events. Uh, that's the, the bulk of, of my experience. I've done some qualifier schools. That is the Corn Ferry. And if you want to see, you know, you guys play golf. So the difference between a scratch player and a professional player not even a, it's not even the competition at all. <laughs> I, I will, I will say it's just consistency. Yeah, yeah. it literally it's is consistency, right? But to get that level of consistency, it's not just go play three times a week. No, you gotta, you gotta be consistent to the point in which, in which you, you're not gonna embarrass yourself out there, right? Yeah, and we'll definitely get into that. Um, so before we actually get into our question segment, um. I just want to give a huge shout out to Boris Golf. We just yeah. got our sponsorship uh, the past week and we're looking forward to it. We're looking to create our own design, start selling it on there. I'll use code GIMME18 in checkout for 18% off. It'll come right back to us and we're looking for your support and their stuff is honestly amazing. So make sure you guys go on their website, check our link tree. It's all there in our bio. In their bio, it's everywhere. So look that. And the code is GIMME18, G-I-M-M-E-18. All right. So first of all, who got you into working golf? I know you gave a little story about like how that actually happened with Teresa telling you, bringing you to the thing, but who actually got you into it? Well, actually, it's a funny thing. I don't remember the name. It was, it was, it was uh, uh, Andres, but I forgot his last name. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, 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 he was very kind in explaining to me the concept of being a volunteer and becoming a volunteer. Uh, by the way, when the PGA Tour uh, recruits volunteers, PGA Tour gives back to the community. There's always some sort of charity support. Here in the Miami metro area, uh, it was always the first tee, which is across nationwide. PGA Tour supports the first tee, which is uh, the, the focus is to promote golf for the little kids, but also Make-A-Wish Foundation, 
right? And some uh, sort of local charity. So when I first started spending time, because it is, it can be intense as a, as a full-time job. But when I started doing this was because I wanted to give something back to the community, especially uh, for local kids. So that's what got me into this thing. And I really enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, that's, that's really great to hear. Um, if you could choose any, any player uh, currently on the PGA Tour to play around with, which player would it be and why? Wow. That, Before that is- we get started, I just want to let the old viewers know that Hugo is not good at golf at all. But with that being said, he is the man. So let's hear it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You know that, that I've, uh, in my first 12 years, I was a walking scorer. That meant I walked with the players and I got to, to, uh, to walk with pretty much everybody. And yeah. I got their sign autographs and whatnot. I'm a particular fan of, of Jim Fury. Ah, Jim Furyk cool. is a gentleman. Is one of the, the the last. I mean, classy old gentleman. I mean, he is he is a, a good person. He does he does this for a living, but also he he does it with a good will, trying to 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 give back to the local communities. He's one of the few players that if you ask him for an autograph or if you ask him to come and say hello to volunteers, he will come and. And 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 just chat with regular volunteers. Wow, that's really nice of him. Wow. All right. How do you think the industry of golf as a whole is going to be affected by the addition of the Live Tour to the market? And how do you think the PGA Tour should respond to the addition of the Live Tour to the market? And I know they kind of responded very recently, but what do you think about that response? And how do you think the industry of golf is going to change? So, so I think that the change, like you said, the change has already happened, right? And, right. and if something like this was needed to motivate change. Otherwise, we, we had been too long on a comfort zone. But by the same token, <laughs> I, I'm particularly firm believer because I've lived, I've lived very close to many golf tournaments. I'm, I'm, I'm particularly fond of traditions, right? Traditions mean a lot and every single golf tournament that the pga tour supports has a tradition there's a history behind it there's a purpose of it It, i i mean i love what leap has done but if you take a step back we're all paying to go see a bunch of millionaires play for more money right Mm -hmm. there is no yet tradition out there and i don't mean to say that there may may not be one one day but right now the tradition is not there when you go out here to a golf course it'll tell you this is the 50th anniversary look at the open 150 years there's a tradition there's so many history behind the trophy that a player grabs in the live world right now everything is money driven which is nothing wrong with that right especially for for the middle-aged career players that are not going to make that kind of money anymore on the the PGA Tour. But the fact that they motivated a change and the PGA Tour now is beginning to to come up with new creative formats and more money to motivate players to actually show up. Because the one thing that is true is there were so many PGA Tour events that it was hard for you to find more than five good players in any tournament. Now you're supposed to get 20. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that change is good. That's the best change there could even be, like, ever. Like, honestly, that's amazing that you could even say that. Like, yeah, making it more competitive, fun to watch. 
Having said that, one thing that I do like about them is uh, one of the golf tournaments that that we use uh, that we 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 help organize is uh, organized by the Ladies European Tour, right? And we are so used at the PGA Tour once the tournament starts on a Thursday, everything is very there's a protocol, rules of etiquette. You guys know that in a golf yeah, course. No, I'm having breakfast with that one day on a Thursday before the first round, ladies European tour. And all of a sudden, this is like 5.30 a.m. in the morning. All of a sudden, somebody cranks out like loudspeakers, like a, like a DJ on a disco, loudspeakers. And I'm, I'm like, what the heck is happening? You know that in the ladies European tour, the players send in their hype music to a DJ and they put a DJ on the first tee box. So when the player is coming in to, to teal for the first time, they just blast their music, their hype music. I think those things connect very well with the younger generation. It yeah, just brings a, a different- More than anything. And like two, being part of this younger generation, just seeing that change and seeing all this coming together, like it honestly is just really like, like onto a sun to see. And yeah. like, we're really looking forward to seeing what other changes are being made. Um, so who's your favorite, uh, golfer to watch play on TV, not actually on an event and why though, why do, why do you like his game and stuff like that? Oh, on TV. Oh man, that's a, a, that's a very good question. Well, on TV, I will say even today, I love watching Tiger Woods and I know that he doesn't play often, right? Right. It's a different it's very hard for you to, to, when you go see these professional players, it's very hard for you to follow the ball. You're right. never going to follow the ball, right? But you got to follow the creativity, the, the creative shots. I mean, a lot of these players play it safe. Tiger has never played it safe. I mean, from- That's from, why we love him. <laughs> that's why, I mean, it, it's never boring. It's never boring. Yeah. You, you may know that he's going to make the cut, but that is the player I want to follow on TV. Yeah, no, they, more than anything. All right. A uh, couple final questions. What piece of advice would you give to young people that are trying to be in the position you are today? Don't be shy, get involved. Okay, don't be, uh, it might sound uh, obvious, but don't just be a spectator, get involved. Try to, try to see what's happening. You know, one of the hardest things is actually following Tiger Woods on a real golf course. You right. can't follow him because of the amount of, people you, you can't see things right yeah the only way you're gonna see and understand the different angle is by being inside the ropes and for you yeah. to be inside the ropes unless you're a player or a caddy you can only do it if you're a volunteer right right so get involved be a volunteer at your local tournament and just get inside the ropes and see what happens and see i mean these are normal people playing golf just like your buddies over the weekend, the only difference is that they're accurate, consistent, and they can, millionaires. They can <laughs> hit that ball. Yeah. All right, now here's our final question. We've talked about this a little bit, but with that being said, when can the Gimme's podcast come out to one of your events? <laughs> oh, excellent, excellent question. And, and here's a proposal. Let me, let me talk Let's to the powers that be, because obviously, you will need media credentials to be able. Once we are on the on the on the on the course, it, it, all the media rights are owned by the PGA Tour. So right. 
Uh, if you, if I will, I will make every attempt to get you media credentials in one of my future tournaments, and and I've already thought about it. It would be great uh, because we did that in Mexico last year, where we had a podcasting company record their podcast with players yeah. in the volunteer headquarters, right? Wow! And yeah, I think no, that's, that's amazing. amazing. That would be great. I mean, I think and a trip be- to Mexico. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, I mean. Well, we'll find out with where I can get you. I mean, the, the media yeah, credentials, yeah. but but I'm pretty sure that that we can negotiate something and have you recorded on a golf course. I mean, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, you have access to 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 to. I mean, things that you probably didn't think you could get access. Ever. In all honesty, like as you like know, you're one of my closest fit, like your family to me. Like this started three, three weeks ago, and this. I started by myself in my room and I brought Danny along and now we kind of have like a great group of guys a great doing it and we kind of got everything set up and these connections are and in every way of life like these connections are is what makes you into the person that you want to be so we appreciate yeah. you so much for coming on here yeah and are there any questions you would like to no, ask I'm, I'm, I mean I'm particularly any... passionate about volunteers because that's where I've been uh, spend most of my time but like I told Drew I've been blessed and fortunate to meet and know and have friends in the other side from operations, from tournament management. Uh, I, I mean, I would love to connect you with those people so that you can keep growing your pod- podcast. I think you guys are doing great. Love the passion, love the enthusiasm, and I look forward to, to seeing you grow. And trust me, I want to make sure that you're in one of my tournaments when you record your first live live one. So, okay, you guys heard it here first. <laughs> All right, we'd like to give one more shout out to Boris Golf. These quarter zips are actually ridiculous. The hat is These great. hats, they're Look insane. Amazing. And they're coming out with better stuff. So keep on the lookout for our stuff, for our logo. They're going to be on the website. And use code GIMME18, that's G-I-M-M-E-18, on their website to get 18% off. Now let's give order. a final thank you to Hugo. I can't thank even thank you. you enough. You're literally thank the you best. We love you. Thank you. We're looking forward to hearing from you soon. Yeah. Anytime, anytime, guys. Good luck. Thank Thank you. Thank you.